Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 86 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Pink Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today, we discuss if there's a distinctive difference between the styles of men and women, whether manufacturers are providing value for money, if it's better to use multiple or use regular drills. As always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeff. How are you this morning? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Um, yeah. Had a good weekend, although Australia went down narrowly in the cricket, which wasn't great. Um, no, I thought we were going to lose. Didn't the Invincible Team, yeah. I thought we were going to lose because we didn't score many runs, but then it came right down to the wire and we needed one wicket and they needed six runs and it was oh, it's very exciting. Uh, but we came out on the wrong side of the ledger this time. Yes. Uh, st still in the tournament, though. Still in the tournament, exactly. Still going, so I've still got high hopes. Um, okay, Alois, um, how was your weekend? Yeah, good, good. Very blowy here. I think it was Saturday night. Yeah, just uh, strong winds. Power went out for a couple of hours. So, yeah, interesting weekend. How did you cope without power? Most people can't even cope without their smartphone these days um, and without internet. Uh, it's all right because you still have the smartphone. Like, oh, yeah, of course. No wonder that's how you survive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, um, on Friday, our Pink Skillers question of the day was, have you started using the plastic balls yet, Alois? Um, yeah, so I think a few clubs that I've talked to have, um, have started using um, the plastic balls just at the top level especially um, for their uh, Division 1 or A grade or whatever they want to call it. Um, yeah, but uh, not necessarily for the whole club. Some clubs have... Um, gone all out and said, right, we're going to use plastic balls all the way through. Um, I think, yeah, I, th I think they're just a bit too expensive still to uh, to be going um, all the way into it for everyone. And um, I think until the manufacturing gets a little bit better, um, I think it's just worth holding out. Um, as far as my coaching, I do most of it with celluloid balls, some of it with with some plastic balls, but I haven't bought a whole uh, whole swag of uh, plastic balls as yet. Yeah, and the, um, a lot of people are still mentioning that they're breaking a lot more often than the celluloid balls. So it seems like they haven't quite got the plastic ball, you know, 100% perfect just yet. Yeah, I think um, you know, they certainly haven't got it perfect yet, but um, from what I've seen in a bulk of balls, um, I think there's a few that aren't that good and they break pretty quickly. Um, and then there's others that will just hang on and, uh, and and last pretty well. So yeah, it's probably it's again just the manufacturing. They're just I'm not sure what the process is, but um, yeah, they just need to get that better. Okay, interesting. All right, well that moves us on to the pink skillers question for today, which is: Can Timo Bowl and Marlong win this year's World Doubles Championships? Um, yes. Yeah, so I mean, we we might as well talk a little bit about that alloys, Timo and uh, Marlong are playing together. Yeah, they're really interesting. Um, good doubles combination, I think, because, you know, Bol will get in there and just spin the ball up a little bit, you know, work on more of the consistency and, and um, 
and playing uh, and playing the ball on the table to position, and Ma Long will be in there and cracking some winners. So uh, they've they've played together before. They've won a uh, tournament before together, um, but uh, yeah, for, uh, first for uh, the World Championships, those two playing together. And you know, can it be can it be um, Bowles' chance to win a world t- world championship title? Um, yeah, exciting. Very interesting. And um, do you think this is an ITTF led initiative, or is this just something the players wanted to do? And is it good for the sport? I don't know. It almost seems like a Chinese led initiative because they, I think, well, it looks like they've gone out and you know initiated um, playing with other countries in doubles. Uh, so you know, maybe it's just a, their way of spreading the world uh, titles around a little bit more. Um, you know, the, the the world is getting a little bit, you know, um, of China's winning everything, and maybe this is just their their gesture or their way of saying, well, here we go. You know, like here's here's a chance for some other people to win world titles as well. Yeah, because I guess originally the world championships you used to play the teams events and then the singles all in the same competition and so it was kind of just like you always just represented your country but here now it seems they're kind of almost moving away from that with you know um, players being able to compete with other countries yeah and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting I, I, I have a feeling that though even in the old days when they used to have the world teams and singles together um, in the individuals you were allowed to play with other countries but I'll, I'll have to check my facts there Okay, yeah, well, let's keep a close eye on that. And everybody, leave a comment and let us know if you think Timo Boll and Marlon can win the World Championships in the doubles playing together. We'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, Alois. Now, Nigel has a question for us. He says, manufacturers sell a product with a low life expectancy for some remarkably high prices. Currently, I'm enjoying Tetergy 80 but find it is very brittle and at the current disintegration rate we'll have to replace it before it's three months old. What are your thoughts on this, Alloys? Yeah, I mean, yeah. table tennis rubber is very expensive. I, I mean, you're not actually pay, paying for the sheet of rubber, you're paying for the the manufacturing and the technology and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I mean, to a certain extent, I, I understand their, their pricing. But Tenergy certainly is very highly priced, and they they obviously know that they've got the best product on the market, and they're um and they're making everyone pay for it. So, yeah, I mean, and as as we've discussed earlier, Tenergy is a very very good rubber, but at the top le- at the top level, it's very good. Um, underneath that, I don't think it's that worthwhile. You know, like um, if you're a professional player um, practicing, you know, four to five times. A week or more, um, then probably ten inches the, the rubber for you. But under that, I don't think so. Yeah, interesting. And I guess that's one of the things with table tennis is that the rubber will wear out as you use it over time, so it does need replacing. So, um, in general, table tennis is not that expensive a sport, um, but that is the biggest expense, I guess. Yeah, that's right. It is um, that is a big expense, and you know you, you're going to play pay um, you know eighty dollars for a sheet of uh, energy, so you know one hundred and sixty plus whatever the blade's worth. So yeah, it, it's getting up there, and especially if you've got to replace them every couple of months. 
So do you think the manufacturers are deliberately making them with low life expectancy to get the turnover, or is it just the, the way the rubbers wear out? I don't think that, yeah, I think it's just the the the, um, the product that they're working with. So, yeah, I don't think it's because they're deliberately doing it. No, I'm pretty sure they're not. Um, okay, it's, so no conspiracy theory there. I was looking for some insight there, but uh, yeah. clearly none. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Um, Matt says, my partner and I practice... Uh, two or three times a week for two hours each time. We've been wondering whether it's better to take turns to feed multi-ball to each other or to do drills by hitting the balls back to each other. What are your thoughts on their training hours? Yeah, so they've both got their purpose, so you need to do a bit of both. So it's firstly, it's fantastic you've got a training partner that you can feed multi-ball to and with, um, so, uh, so utilise that. Um, so... Utilize the multi-ball for things like um, just repetitive improvement of some skills. I find it really useful for practicing uh, topspin against the backspin ball and the push ball because when you try to practice that in a rally situation, you just don't get as many uh, opportunities in a short space of time. So, um, so if, if if you can learn to to feed backspin and practice your topspin against that, then that uh, you'll find will be a really useful tool. Um, Multi-ball is also useful for, for just over-speed training, so um, getting them to feed it out really fast just so you're starting to move quicker. Um, but, uh, but then the one-ball practice is also really important because that's a little bit more uh, realistic, a little bit more real life as far as um, a game situation is concerned. And also, you know, just the timing in between points and all that sort of thing. So, uh, so utilise both. Um, don't don't think that one is better than the other. If you've got the facility to use both, use both. Okay, good good points there. So against the backspin ball, it's very useful. I guess you could try different drills and just see you know whether you find you're getting more benefit from using the multi ball or the um, or the one on one training, just using one ball. Are there any like uh, rules of thumb that say multi ball is going to be better for this? Uh, no, no real rules of thumb. But um, if you're if you're finding that your um, one ball practice isn't very effective, or you're not getting the rallies that you're looking for, or you're not getting the patterns that you're looking for, uh, because you and your partner can't keep the ball in play as well, then it's probably good a good time to go to the multi ball. Okay, excellent. All right, great advice there. So, Matt, yeah, well done for um, training so often. That's great to hear. And try and utilise a bit of both and um, let us know how your training progresses. Hopefully that's helped you out. All right, Johan has a question for us, Alice. And Johan says, an opponent in a little burst of frustration said, I play like a woman because I play so close to the table. I thought it was hilarious. But then I started wondering, is there anything to his observation that women play closer to the table? Yeah, I mean, as a, as a complete generalisation, um, yes, they do. So, um, so women tend to play um, closer to the table, take the ball earlier, hit the ball a little bit um, earlier off the bounce, so the ball's moving a little bit faster, whereas men... Um, tend to utilise more of their power, so they'll step step back away from the table and utilise more more topspin. So you know, if you look at the the games of 
a lot of the top uh, men compared to the top women. Um, that's a real generalisation, you know. Um, I mean, but then you've got players like Ding Ning who just is fantastic at spinning on both sides as well. But um, but yeah, as a, as a generalisation, uh, the the female game is a little bit closer to the table, a little bit flatter, um, a little bit earlier off the bounce. Um, the male game is a little bit further back, uh, more topspin on both sides. Okay, interesting observations. All right, thanks for the question, Johan. All right, and Brock has jumped on Alois with his with using the Google Q and A app and asked us a question, and he said. I forgot to say that I hold down my finger on my bat, but I hit either my fingers or the edge of my bat. I feel like I have the most unluck in school. It doesn't hit my finger when I practice in my club, just in the schools. Sometimes I nearly throw my bat. Do you have any advice there for Brock? Yeah, firstly, don't throw your bat. That's that's. <laughs> but um. It just, I mean, sometimes in a in a um, school situation or a more pressure situation, maybe you want to win more at the school. Um, maybe you're not watching the ball as well, um, so then the ball tends is tending to hit your finger, so you're not quite cueing it up uh, correctly, and it's only a small margin there. Or even just hitting the edge of the bat as well is the same thing. So um, you know, instead of getting the contact there, you're getting the contact there again. It's only really small margins. If you're not watching the ball really well, then that can tend to happen. So, yeah, just uh, just keep practicing, keep focusing, keep trying to uh, see that ball as clearly and as well as you possibly can. Okay, excellent advice there for Brock. Good luck with that at your school. So that wraps up episode 86. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening. All our shows are up on our website, pingskills.com. Click on the blog link, you'll find all the shows. And while you're there, sign up for our free newsletter. It's great. You can also listen to our shows on iTunes, which is a great way to listen to them. Download it and listen to it uh, at your leisure. Thanks, everybody, and thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, have a good day, Ping Skillers, and let's, uh, let's have a really good week of table tennis. Indeed. Thanks, everyone, and see you guys tomorrow. Bye.